0: Hi, guys, and welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. I'm Alicia.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: And today we are going to talk to you about a subject that was sent into to us. And I just want to encourage you guys to email us your questions at info at And we will answer your questions on this podcast. So hopping into today's session, um... So today's question is about families and this was the question. So how do you deal with family members that are mad that you took him back? I'm guessing that means Brian (laughs) or maybe they aren't as forgiving. And so I actually think this is a really good question because in my situation with Brian, I had heard from God what to do. But just because I had heard from God didn't mean, you know, my family or my friends did too. And that can be a really hard thing because when I was walking through all of the trauma, all the heartbreak, all of, you know, the turmoil, all of the issues with the kids, my family was going through that too. And so I think it can be really hard because we look at it as, oh, well, I'm making this decision and we completely... Don't take into account those who were walking along beside us during those really hard times were like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, take him back. And then, you know, family and friends are like, what just happened? <laughs> so, so Brian, I just wanted to ask you, what was your experience in regards to dealing with family family? And all the hurt that had been caused. Like, what was your experience when we had decided that we were going to work on things, and then you had like family, friends, you know, to to kind of deal with or answer to? What was your experience with that?
1: Like family and friends on your side? Yeah, (laughs) I knew most of them hated me, but well, you know, some of the steps I took. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, I got to the point where, you know, I just got rid of all my pride and accepted what I was, I, I mean, I knew, I reached a point where I knew what I'd done was wrong and I took full responsibility for it to the point where I remember, I remember apologizing to your dad, mm-hmm. but I remember going to your grandparents too Yeah, and apologizing to them and that was your grandmother that was actually trying to fund the divorce yeah. on your part. And I just, you know, went to their house and sat down with them. I just told them I was really, really sorry for hurting you and the things I'd done and the life I'd lived. And you know, I don't it it wasn't a turnaround overnight, but you know, through so the So
0: like you saying I'm sorry, it wasn't like a quick fix. No. It still took
1: And I know it wasn't. It wasn't with, uh, it wasn't with you. You know, it just, it took years of walking, walking it out and knowing you had, knowing that I would changed for you and the kids. I mean, that's the same way with family, but you know, now your grandma is very loving with me, Mm -hmm. you know, and anytime she comes over, she gives me a big hug and I give her a big hug.
0: Mm
1: And it's because, you know, you're living a different life and you're a different person and it does, it takes a while to. It takes a while to change. It, you know, it's, I mean, you know, we've, I was talking about today, so many people make mistakes and they want things to happen overnight. Right. And,
0: well, because it's know, uncomfortable. You're like, I don't want to keep, you know.
1: Right. But it's not, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's ironic because, you know, we've, I've even had, I've even had people come to me and be like, hey, you know, I got caught sleeping with some woman and I want to see if your wife will call my wife and see if she can smooth things over and see if we can. And I'm just like, you know, there has to be accountability and you have to prove to that person you've changed. You have to walk it out. You have to prove you love them. And it's not, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's really not, you know, it's just going, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. So, but it, it can happen for sure. Yeah. But you have to be willing to put time and effort into it.
0: Yeah, I know. I think that I know you're talking about that today and it is an, it's an uncomfortable thing because when you, you know, you've done something, we immediately want things to go back to the way they were. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can things just go back to the way they were? But like, like I was talking to you today about, you know, if you push someone down the hill, and they break their leg horribly, you know, maybe they broke both their legs. <laughs> and, you know, you run down the hill and you're like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry I pushed you down the hill. And the person's like, yeah, you sure did. Um, okay, I can work on forgiving you. It's like, okay, well, let's go on a bike ride now. You're like, "I, you just broke my legs.
1: Or let's run back to the top of this hill again. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's going to take a while. There's going to be a lot of therapy. There's probably going to be surgery. There's going to be therapy, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy, lots of therapy involved, along with pain management. And For some reason, I think people think, you know, oh, well, when I, I think people think when they hurt someone emotionally or like, you know, there's an infidelity, they're like, well, I said, I'm sorry, and I'll never do it again. But what happened was emotionally, you pushed that person down the hill, and now they've sustained this huge wound that takes time to heal. And so um, the person that's been pushed down the hill, you need to give yourself some grace, because it's going to take you a while to heal. And then the person that did the pushing needs to allow them time.
1: Which is like, you know, Toby, our cat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, he's so laid back. I mean, we all talk about how Toby never flinches. Mm. Toby never runs from us. Toby never, you know, he don't worry about us. He'll lay in the floor and he don't worry about us. Stepping on him, kicking him on accident. Because... He's young for one, so not that we'll do that the longer he stays around, but we just have made a point not to be mean to him. And
0: Well we're not mean to any of our animals. Right. But I'm just saying
1: (laughs) he is so laid back. But
0: he's super chill. He just he'll lay right behind you and you're like, I could literally step on you, but he doesn't worry about that.
1: But he trusts us Mm -hmm. because we haven't been we haven't mistreated him, we haven't been mean to him. So, but you know, with animals that have been mistreated, I mean, they'll you could like your mom's little dog that she got from someone, yeah, and it had been mistreated. And it's literally you've been down to pet it, and it, it sees your hand and it kind of backs off and turns away, yeah, because it was mistreated. And that's the same way with people, you know, if if you mistreat somebody, you can't expect them to just turn around and be the person they were. Yeah, prior to five that. Minutes, yeah before
0: yeah. before all that happened and sometimes to be honest sometimes they never go back to the way they were you know sometimes they do but i feel like people just need to i don't know why we place this rush on like oh get healed get healed get your emotions right get healed but you know if we saw them with like it like i was talking about you know broken leg we see that totally different you know what i mean We see that totally different, but, you know, trauma is literally the same, except you're crushed on the inside. You don't see it. And so a lot of people don't associate it with an injury. But so I think for me, it was hard because, you know, the ones that had walked by my side during our hard times, all of a sudden had to walk at a distance you know they weren't able to walk as closely with me because they didn't understand at the time what what appeared to be insanity for me to take Brian back, and you know even my dad brought up the up that he thought I wasn't you know mentally I wasn't well mentally and you know I do not blame him at all like I actually would agree and and I agree you know some could have argued this. And if I had been on the outside looking in, I would have agreed with them. But the difference was, you know, even though my outside world was falling apart, I mean, literally falling apart, (laughs) my inside world, I was just seeking God with all of my heart because I didn't have anything. I, I literally didn't know what to do. And so I just decided I was going to start going after God because I didn't have any other option.
1: I think I was very fortunate that your family did treat me. I mean, none of them, none of them, you know, they all have treated me like a human being, you know, after all this, but you know, it was like walking. I think the biggest thing is seeing them watch me walk my spiritual life out and get close to God. And they realize, you know, it's not a facade. It's not a fake.
0: But and, they watched you. They watched oh yeah, you they for did. a while. A
1: lot of people watched me and still do, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> I think at the first, they're watching for you to fall.
1: Yeah. They're expecting you to.
0: Yeah. That, that's what the watching was. They were like, when's he gonna, when's he gonna. <laughs> yeah. But over time, that changed. You know, as you continue to be consistent and continue to be consistent, and the promises that you had made, you are actually starting to uphold this time, I think that that helped them to start believe you, that, you know, I think this is the change. I think this is the real change this time. And I know for me, I had, um, you know, as I was drawing closer to God during during our hard times, I had started on a journey of learning to hear from God and was actively practicing this every, you know, every chance I got. And so I was becoming more and more confident in my ability to hear from God for myself. And I really think this is critical in everyone's life. Because we need to know what God is saying. He is always speaking to us. And he will speak to us about our situation. And like who better to ask what to do than the person who has been from the beginning of time to the end of time and then back again? He's seen the beginning from the end. He know he knows it all. What better person to ask? You know, what should I do in this situation?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we went through a phase and in- I've told others this, you know, when they're trying to work things out with whether they've been through infidelity or I mean, it could be just a number of things that your spouse don't trust you anymore. But I've told a lot of people this, you know, I think we went through the phase where we just were both so focused on our relationship with God. And I really think this, that was the foundation that got us where we are now because so many times when you come out of that, you're so focused on the other one. You might have a relationship with God, but you're so focused on the other person trying to figure out what they're going to do or what their plan is, or if they're following the same plan you are, or if their plan's different and you get so caught up emotionally in it that you can't, you can't focus on God like you really need to. And I think for us, you know, we went, when we came back together, you we were focused on God and I was focused on God of course you were on a different spiritual level than me. I was just trying to get back on a spiritual level. I felt like I was starting over with him and, you know, I was trying to prove to him that he can trust me, which in turn was trying to prove to you and the kids that you could trust me. And then you were, you're on a higher level because you had been praying and fasting through this whole ordeal. But you know, it's almost like we, we stayed focused on our own selves, not each other mm-hmm. and our relationship with God. And then all of a sudden it just tied us together, yeah. you know, and then we started that, that journey together with our relationship with God, you know, with our marriage. And so I think it's really important when you're going through that and you're you're coming back together, you're trying to work things out that you just stay focused on you and your relationship with God. And not to focus so much on the other person and what they're doing or what their relationship with God is.
0: Yeah. And we actually just read that scripture last night. Remember to the kids? We like to do Bible time every night with the kids. And I believe it's in Matthew. I can't think of what the numbers are. But it talks about when you seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. And I really feel like you're right. Like that was literally the key is we just were like, we quit trying to fix each other. And we were like, you know what? (laughs) I can't fix you. (laughs) And you were like, I can't fix her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was pointless. Trying to fix each other is pointless. You're just, it's like a dog chasing his tail.
0: I was trying to fix you the way I wanted you to be. And you were doing vice versa when That's not who God, you know, he's like, I don't want, I, I wanted you to be like a mini version of me and, you know, no, like I would not want to be married to myself.
1: And that's another point when we, when we, when we focus on our relationship with God and you're not focused on another person, God will work on you. If you're, if you're focusing on yourself, he will work on you and tell you what he wants you to change about yourself and not the other person. So a lot of times, if both people are willing to do that and focus on themselves, God will download what he wants to change in you. And more likely mm-hmm. it's the same thing that person across from you wants to change in you, but they're not able to. Right. And then when you're willing to do that for God, all of a sudden not only God wins out, but your spouse wins out because you know, God's not going to change something in you or ask you to change something that's going to, hurt your relationship. He's only going to change things that will make it better. And obviously your spouse only wants to change things in you that will make your relationship better.
0: If yeah. they
1: have a faith-based, you know, relationship with God. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's usually just getting to where you're focusing on yourself a hundred percent and giving a hundred percent. I've told some, you know, they always say a marriage to work, you got to get 50, you know, it's 50, 50, but I think it's, I've said before, I think it's a hundred, hundred. Yeah. You know, you're giving a hundred percent for that other person. Right. And that other person's giving a a
0: divorce.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like giving a hundred, a hundred, you know, it's like you're giving a hundred percent to that person and they're giving a hundred percent back. And, uh, I think it's very important to focus on changing yourself. It's easier to change yourself than to change someone else, basically. So when we look at ourselves and we allow God to talk to us and, and download in download into us what he wants to change in us. Then, like I said, m- more likely it's going to resolve what the changes the person or your spouse is wanting to change as well. But so and it works out easier that way because a lot of times it's easier to hear from God and say, "I want you to change this," and your spouse looking at you because sometimes your spouse isn't as loving when they tell you they want to <laughs> change something or they want you to change something. So
0: yeah usually doesn't come across as loving, like when you're in the middle of an argument and you're like, I yeah. want you to change this. Like, why are you, you know? looking
1: at me like that?
0: Yeah, because I want you to change this. <laughs> yeah, it's not. God God has a way. Like when he wants to get us to change a behavior or change an action or change a way that we talk, he's much more loving about it than we are, you know, to someone else or even to ourselves. You know, like when I was walking through different times of like feeling shame because I didn't understand why I couldn't get over this certain emotion, not realizing it was linked to trauma. Um, You know, God never, never one time made me feel like a terrible person because I was still battling this. I did that and people did that, but God never, like he never put shame on me. It was usually myself or other people, but he was always kind and understanding and loving and like what, who wouldn't want to change when somebody is like that? Right. You know, when somebody is just like, they want, they want to encourage you to change and they're so kind about it. So loving and they're like cheering you on knowing that you can do it. Like who wouldn't want to change with that kind of like. Somebody coming to you in that way.
1: He's so good at the sandwich method.
0: <laughs> He's very good. <laughs> that was a kill counseling. That was from our counseling days. Yeah,
1: but it works.
0: <laughs> it does work.
1: Start off with love, and then you get the point, and in with love.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you don't feel like you've been dumped on; you mm-hmm. feel like you've been loved on. And that's that's what God does. He doesn't ever leave you like when he comes into your situation he doesn't ever leave you feeling the same or he shouldn't it shouldn't feel the same
1: he, he teaches us lessons in love yeah. that we can learn from and and not feel condemned yes and we all need to like learn from that including yeah. myself
0: well including me and probably including yeah. a lot of people listening
1: The other day he was baking bread and you used all <laughs> purpose instead of self-rising i was like are you serious <laughs> Well, I said it a little different. Are you serious? You used what kind of flour? Seriously? What do you mean you didn't use self rising? What do you think was going to happen? So I, I should have said that. And like, I could have I'm guilty, I know. you know? Well,
0: like, okay, how would it, how would God, using the sandwich method, how would you say that now?
1: I probably said, <laughs> I probably said, oh, babe. I know your thank mom was you, a horrible cook. No.
0: So, <laughs> you say, but thank you so much for making this bread for our family. Well, yeah,
1: but you said Simba's method. So you got to start yeah. out and then you got to get to the point. You know, like, you put the I, I know you're really trying to do something for our family here and have some fresh homemade bread with gravy, but it's like pouring it over our hockey pucks because they're so hard. <laughs> So, I
0: think I still had that but I did end
1: it in love that day. I said, "We'll just use regular bread; it'll be okay."
0: Yeah, I, I think I was still like, mm-hmm. but "Yeah." <laughs>
1: but no, we. The next day we made. We did it again. We made legitimate real biscuits.
0: I really, and they did right. I took your advice. I used the right flour the next day, and it we was enjoyed
1: beautiful. dinner. It was beautiful. Yes.
0: So, <laughs> but no, for real, guys. We'll just give you a little tidbit in there that like that is a really, really, really good method is doing the sandwich method. When you're wanting to talk about a hard thing, like
1: if you can end it in love, that's the biggest challenge. Oh my gosh.
0: Start it in love and end it in love. You can, you can't go wrong. You know, just be like, you know, I just want to tell you how thankful I am for you, for everything that you do for our family and that you're just such a great provider and great supporter. Um, I just say like yesterday, you said this, that kind of hurt me, but, you know, thank you for who you are. And, you know, literally just kind of sliding that little thing in there that you were upset about, Yeah,
1: or you need to step up and do more laundry,
0: validating them at the end, because honestly, you know what I mean? Most people, they didn't mean to do this or they didn't mean to say that. And I think when you, um, you know, validate them and just show them love, I mean, that, that goes so, so far.
1: Well, the thing of it is, and we've said it before, it's hard to get mad at somebody who's being kind. Oh yeah. So you start with kindness, and yeah, you might slip something in the middle of the sandwich <laughs> that isn't so kind, but don't you know, don't take it too far. Otherwise, <laughs> it's not right. Make tornado? your point, you know. <laughs> yeah, just make your point somewhat in love as well, yeah. and just make sure you end it in love. It's mm-hmm. hard to, yeah. It's hard to get upset. If you're the other person, if somebody's it showing you kindness. That,
0: it almost takes yeah like determination to be right mad still. Right. But kind of going back into what we were talking about, um, you know, family when they're upset because you've made a hard decision. So when I heard from God asking me to give Brian one more chance, I knew it was him because like I had said, you know, I had went on a journey. You know, I was actively learning to hear from God and I was actively practicing this every chance I got. So I was becoming more and more confident in my ability to hear from him. So like I said, I knew it was him because I was familiar with his voice and it was a struggle. It was a struggle because I knew that my family and some close friends would be mad. And I mean, (laughs) really mad and I don't blame them at all. You know, they witnessed- and I don't either. I didn't yeah. blame them. Yeah. I know
1: exactly where they're coming from. Yeah. I just knew I had to prove them otherwise.
0: That's true. I mean, because what they witnessed was horrible. You know, it was a roller coaster of emotions. It was terrible. But at the end of the day, I was responsible for what I heard God say to me. You know, Not them. And so I, but I just want to put this in here. You know, when you hear something like that, you know, say you've walked through a horrible season and you hear God say something that might be opposite of what everybody else is telling you. I do think it's wisdom to ask counsel from someone you trust that is impartial. (laughs) I want to put make sure it's impartial and. That you are confident in their ability to hear from God also. I think that is wisdom. You know, say I I had gone to, there's two groups of people. There was two groups of people when when me and Brian was walking through our hard season. Those that were like, God's going to restore. He's going to restore. And then the other group was ditch the dog. You know, (laughs) there's two groups of people. One group was growing bigger than the other towards the end of it. But, um, so had I gone to the ones that were thinking, you know, like the ones that were like total restoration, if I had gone to them and been like, listen, I heard from God and he asked me if I would give Brian one more chance, they would be like, yes, do it. Restoration. You know, the restoration pom poms would be all over the place. So they would have been, and I and I know this, you know, I would have known this going to that group of people, but going to the other group of people that, you know, had walked closer with, you know, closer with in this situation with me and they were tired of seeing me hurt. They're tired of seeing our children hurt. And they just wanted this to be over for me. Had I gone to them and said, listen, I heard from God and he said, Give Brian one more chance. They would have been like, Well, I don't I don't agree that you're hearing from God, right? I don't think it was God. I think it was your soul. I think it was your, you know, you are you drinking now, Alicia? You know? <laughs>
1: no, they you <maybe> didn't drink. Right?
0: <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Two total groups of people. I heard from God. I would have got two total different responses from both groups. So you really have to go, you have to have wisdom and you can't go to the one you know will support you. You need to go to someone, you know, that hears from God that will tell you what they hear if they feel like what you heard is correct. And you need to maybe a couple people even, you know, balance it with a couple people. I really feel like that's wisdom, but I I know for me I knew that God would take care of the details and it was hard. <laughs> really hard for my family when I took Brian back. But I knew that God would take care of the deep details. Was it hard for my family when I took Brian back? Absolutely. <laughs> was I afraid for my kids to be hurt again? For sure. But also Did I trust in God more? No question. And I remember one thing I said to God was, if I take him back, don't make me out to be a fool. And I'm just being honest. You know, you can be honest and vulnerable with God. But I also prayed if you can heal me and Brian, I know you can heal my family too. And little by little, we have seen him do that. So we just want to encourage you guys, if you are taking an unpopular road like I did and it has caused anger or maybe resentment within your family, pray for them because families get hurt by these kind of things too. I think more so than not, they don't want to see you hurt again, which is completely understandable. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration came from on my side was that not only was I hurt, not only was the kids hurt, but they were hurt. And when God asked if I would give Brian one more chance, I knew it was a question, not a command. But I remember when he asked me that, I was so intrigued by his request in a way. And I had the thinking, well, my heart has already endured so much. If he does it again, I know, I kind of already know what to expect. I mean, that's like, that was my thinking when God was like, would you give him one more chance? I was kind of like, well, I already know what it feels like. It's not like that will be a shock. I already know what it feels like, you know, for him to walk out the door. That won't be a shock. And so I literally gave God. I remember I was like, so will you give him one more chance? I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> but I was so intrigued. And I think he knew I would be intrigued. Like, why would you ask me that? And. But I did. I literally gave God the small amount of faith that I had because I had very, very little. And he took that. Like, you guys don't have to, you know, if if God's like, you know, I want you to, you know, would you take, you know, or would you do this or do that? And you're like, oh, I don't really know if I have faith for that. You literally don't have to have a huge amount of faith. <laughs> you know? Like I had such small faith. I was kind of like, okay, I already know what it feels like. So if he does it again, it won't be like a huge shock. That's literally how I went into this whole thing. But he doesn't need full faith. I just want you guys to know that. If he asks you to do something and it's unpopular with family and it's unpopular with friends, it's okay. I literally had to face that same thing, like, okay, this is going to be hard. It's going to be hard for a lot of people. And I knew that going into it. So I just want to say in closing out, if you're walking out a decision, you know it was God, and your family doesn't see it yet, give them time, right? That's what we had to do. Yep give them time. Eventually they will. I mean, same with you. My family had like family and friends. They had all eyes on you. (laughs) And what did you do as they were watching and waiting for you to fail? You kept proving them wrong. You kept showing up. You kept being consistent and eventually they will see this. But if they don't, love them anyways. Right? Right. Love them anyways. Yes. So we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe. Check out our website, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. Until next time, we bless 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 you.